Welcome. Today is Monday, June 17th. Watch out for high wires. History has been made in Canada, St. Louis, men's restrooms everywhere, and right here in this basement. Let's go. Three, two, one. This is the Matt and Muse Show with Matt Hunsler and Adam Musinski. The ankle has landed. Guess who's back? Back again. Matt is back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? It is Matt. You're back from the dead, man. How the hell are you? I am uh, still fighting off this uh, whatever I got going on. Yeah, if you were listening to us on Facebook before we hit the record button, uh, you would notice we were both out here hacking up a lung. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Here he goes again. Don't make me laugh so, because when I laugh, it comes you back. You just got to keep drinking, man. Stay moist. So I asked my wife if uh, ever since I came down with this, if I sound really sexy with this deep voice. She says, no, you sound terrible. So uh, I don't even have that going for me. I know someone who would think you sounded sexy. I'll tell you off air. Oh, yeah. So... I was late today. Yeah, Matt, in his triumphant return to Studio 220, uh, decided to show up eight minutes before the show went live. So, so uh, started off with a great foot there. I I missed. Let's see. I, I was I was away for a week where you were alone in your basement, and we did uh, did my share remotely. I think it went fairly well mm-hmm. actually for being on um, a headset. And then the following week, I. I missed because is that Memorial Day? No, yeah. Memorial Day, and then I missed. We, yeah, we like we t- took Memorial Day off. Yeah, and then yeah, you missed. And then and then last week, yeah, I uh, I had full intentions of calling in, and I had a softball tournament. And Friday night before my softball tournament, I came down with whatever my daughter had for the last week and a half, and my voice was like. Hello, this is all I got. I can talk like this, and that's about it. I called Adam on the phone. He goes, hey, man, what's up? And I said, hey, uh, <laughs> I don't think I should call in tonight. He goes, man, you sound like crap. I'm like, thanks, I feel like it. So tonight. And, and then I said, you look worse than you feel, though. He didn't even see me. It wasn't yeah, like I a know. video call. He just knew I looked <laughs> terrible, which is very depressing. Um, so tonight I was super pumped. I was like, all right, man, it's been three weeks since i've been in the studio and i'm excited to go back and i realized so i went home i went home and i I made supper for shana and i and i made steaks on the grill with some grilled asparagus and uh, i i uh, took a pan i made some um some beer braised mushrooms and onions you know on top of the steak it was phenomenal delicious supper and uh i realized that i am now at that age where if i eat too much food, I have to take a nap. <laughs> so I fell asleep as I was setting my alarm to wake up at 7.45. The alarm never got set. And I was on the couch, and I popped up, and I looked around because like, I was just delirious as to where I was. <laughs> and I looked over at Shana. She goes, what's wrong? I said, I had to go like 25 minutes ago. She goes, Oh my gosh, I did was so busy I didn't even think about waking you up. I'm like, 
Yeah, an alarm I was going to set, but I I didn't I didn't set the alarm. I'm just taking a nap after supper like an old person. Um so yeah, that's why I was late. I've hit that point in my life where I can't eat a certain amount of food. I haven't figured out what it is yet without sleeping. And I apologize. Did and, my did uh, my text wake you up? No, I oh, woke okay. up like literally 30 seconds before that. So I must have an ESPN or something. Right. <laughs> so so, so uh, uh, to go off this whole thing and me being missing for two weeks and then I apparently don't know my own sleep schedule, I got to say, you proved it again that without me, the show would still go on. <laughs> we had a great show last week. <laughs> it was a phenomenal like, show. It, it was a very good show. It was it, awesome with Riffle on here. And it was probably the most fun I've had on the show in a while. Oh, it's so the, gone, man. I know. It's... He's good. He's a good. Dude. It was good. It was funny. He enjoyed himself. So I, I ran into him on Saturday, and he uh, he was very happy to have been on the show. Oh, and and the, the the real wrinkle in things right now, I can't stand up straight right now because at the back of a ninety five year old man, getting old sucks. Maybe you should stop playing softball. No, that's not it at all. It's the sitting down for way too long that messes me up. Let's stop sitting. Well, it'd be really weird if I was standing and you were sitting. I mean, we can both stand. If you'd rather stand and do this, I mean, that's, that's completely possible. You having those, like, anti-fatigue mats? No. No. Well, this I, is, would, I would need that, I think. This is my basement. Nicer than my basement. Yeah. We could go stand on the carpet. It's padded. Ooh. Only thing under this is concrete. In my basement. Question of the podcast: <laughs> um, Ocean or lake? Uh, we put this out a little late because we forgot. I forgot. Matt doesn't do it, so I, I've done it. I just don't know how to do it the right way. Um, anyways, uh, question of the podcast: uh, Ocean or lake? Let us know what you think if you're watching live on Facebook. Uh, we'll get to those results later in the show. Um, it's swinging in a direction. I did. I. Kind of expected, but not totally. And I'll dive into that a little more later. So, you've been gone for a while, so let's see if you do anything wrong. When you set me up for it, it helps me not do something. Um, we have a great beer here from High Warrior Brewing out of North Carolina. A uh, friend of the show that actually brought us the Sweetwater IPA, Jay Anderson, also brought us this from out of town. I had texted him before he went down there and asked for a beer they have called the Give Me the Brute. It's a sparkling brute double IPA. I thought it sounded interesting, and I loved the, ga- the name Give Me the Brute. Uh, however, he could not find it because it's a specialty release. But he did find Man Eater, which is a double IPA. 8.3% 88 IBUs. So we're going to crack it open and give it a try. I'm excited. So Adam told me earlier about the beer that we we're going to have this evening. And uh, that's good. We should just like record one of us opening a beer. Instead of using the free sound I found well, on that. That sound was really nice. This, is, this smells very good. Citrusy. So that's the thing. Right now. I don't. I don't have a whole lot of smell going on. 
You get a lot of citrus spice. Citrus spice. It's like when you put habanero on your oranges. Oh, I can smell that, though. That smells like citrus spice. Fresh hops. Ooh, that beer's fantastic. Holy smokes, man. Thanks, Jay. This is really good. This is not like in-your-face hoppy or anything. This is like perfectly balanced. This uh, this beer, I mean, when you, when the aroma on it is, hey, here's a million pounds of hops, mm-hmm. and uh, it does not taste that way whatsoever. That eight percent really hides in there. That is that is incredible. I love the labels. Mm-hmm. I uh, I have terrible OCD, and this doesn't bother me that it's all lowercase because it looks nice. Well, yeah, that's the idea. The can is all lowercase. Oh, the, so the, the, the uh, yeah, the uh, the label on the can. No one is can all see what you're doing. I can see what I'm doing. Yeah, barely. Well, that's all you I care mean. about, though. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I love how when you get out of state, you have to put the label on that says contains alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's one thing Michigan's got going for it that most other states don't. Is when it's got an alcohol volume on it, you don't have to put contains alcohol on the label. This beer's killer. This it's really good. This is yeah. They've their website's pretty sweet. They have I mean obviously all their beers on there. It's very informative and whatnot. But this was just brewed in in May, so this is still pretty fresh, even you know middle of June. But it says availability in May. That's why I couldn't find yeah. a date on it. But still a very fresh beer. Yeah. So I don't know. It's good for those ever out down North Carolina. Go check out Highwire Brewing. Um, they got a lot of locations. They actually have one in Knoxville, Tennessee as well. So go check them out. This beer is fantastic. If you have anyone going down there, tell you tell them to pick you up a four-pack or a six-pack or anything like that. They're, they're a can brewery. They like cans. They do still some bottles, and they actually have a single-barrel series in the specialty series. They do a lot of, like, bread of ices beers and sours and barrel-aged stouts and things like that. So really cool, really interesting. Um, I'm definitely going to keep my eyes on these guys and try and get another one soon. So uh, I know this is what we weren't going to talk about, but you brought it up. So they're a can brewery. Mm-hmm. What's your uh, What's your old thought on uh, on cans? Cans oh, versus bottles. I, I thought we did this. We did, but I mean, it's a good refresher. I okay. mean, here's a brand new brewery we've never had before, and they go right. straight cans. Um, I'm all for them. Um, I prefer the can and then pouring it out of the can and into another vessel. Um, I'm in the belief that that's the way beer is brewed and shipped. Um, keg beer, you don't drink straight from the keg. You pour it into a glass and then drink it. Um, so and I think that's the same with the aluminum can because it's aluminum, basically aluminum keg. You just don't Bas- yeah, it's basically a mini keg. Yeah, what it is. exactly. It keeps the beer fresher. You don't have the light hitting it and stuff like that. Um, it's portable. It's good if you do drink it out of the can, which don't get me wrong, I still do drink beer out of the can. You know, I'm a complete nerd like that, but um, you have the availability to take it Boating, camping, fishing, golfing, which are all things that I do. So <laughs> I can take beer for all of my activities. Exactly, which is a great, great thing. Um, however, I I will always, <coughs> always get down on a long neck of Corona and lime, and I cannot drink Corona out of the can. It does not taste the same. When I was in Vegas, I ordered a 24-ounce Corona. It was like $14 because it was considered an import. No, looking back, it should have been like a $2 can of Corona. 
Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Vegas is crazy. Um, they uh, they like you want a lime with it, and I couldn't picture in my head how they were going to put a lime in it. I was like, yeah, sure. So they took a lime, like squeezed lime juice around the rim of the can, and then just jabbed it in the <laughs> hole of the can. And I'm like, all right, cool, thanks. So <laughs> the first like ten drinks of my beer was just sour lime juice. <laughs> Yeah. <coughs> you done coughing? Please excuse my cough, everybody. I am. Just... <coughs> One thing we still need is a cough button. One thing we still need. And <coughs> if I laugh Jesus. too much, I cough. If I smile, keep drinking, man. Keep your keep your throat uh, moist, man. Ready? Throat. Lube, no, lube it up. Probably like tuberculosis or something. Probably. What is your take on cans? Um. So, despite where I work, which is um, a company that solely revolves around cans. Um, even before then, I was a huge proponent of cans. And I've always told myself, if I ever own a bar, every beer I brew would bring in would be either in a draft form or a can or some sort of aluminum package. For the sole reason that, like you said, no light gets to it, no oxygen gets to it. Um, it's it's essentially a, a miniature keg. I mean, it's the best thing for the beer. And it's... Where I run into debates with people is there's certain beers out there that people like to save. They like to, like you, you got your backwoods bastard. You love backwoods. Yeah. So you will, you will keep one from every year, even though it's year round now. Yeah. I'm sure you'll still keep it fresh one every single year. And it comes in a bottle, which yep. I get that. So the issue I run into is there's beers out there like um, Oscar Blues Barrel Age 1050. Mm-hmm. Fantastic beer. Comes in 19.2 ounce can. Mm-hmm. And people want to hold that for a long period of time. However, aluminum cans aren't necessarily the best vessel to hold a beer in for a long period of time. But on the flip side, we talked about this before too, is the brewer's not brewing that beer for you to hold on to it for a decade. They want you to drink it. They're making that beer that way because they want it drank within a year, maybe two. And... And that's where that's where I run into debates with people like, oh, aluminum cereal for aging. And I get it. I totally get it. But because it is, you're yeah, it is. But you're getting the beer for a much more affordable price. Um, it's at the time better for the beer, and the bottles suck generally. I mean, it's a beer is going to stay fresher for a longer period of time in the short term, mm-hmm. but it's going to stay, I guess. Not less fresh, but it's going to be more stale in the long term if you hold on to it for too long. So I don't know what that threshold is. It would be interesting to kind of figure that out. But no, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of cans, man. When cool. I own that bar one day, I'm going to call it uh, um, Cantopia. No, I won't. That's, That's actually a pretty sweet name. Okay. If you, like, even Trademark. If you, yeah. If you went straight can, no, not even draft. Just Cantopia. So there's a there's a bar that started in Lansing. Or have have draft, but do crawlers. Ooh, yeah, growlers. Totally. So there's a bar that started in Lansing. There's one in uh, uh, Grand Rapids now too. I think there's four or five locations across the state. Um, it's called the Tin Can, mm-hmm. and it's like you walk in, it looks like a dive bar. They got cork dark boards. It's 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 just a bar where you walk up the bar after you drink. They have draft and cans that's it no bottles and 
I love that concept 100%. And I obviously can't use that name, but I love it. So they've been able to expand. And it's it's got this whole dive bar mentality, which is super crazy because it's just, nope, nope, can beer, can beer, can beer. We got PBR, we got Miller High Life, we got craft beer. Everything we have is in a can. So you're missing out in some breweries because all they do is bottle. But at the same time, like, hey, here's a can. There you go. And I'll move on to the next guy. Here you go. We don't have to worry about Papa Toss. We don't have to write glass bottles. Oh, you're done with it? We'll just smash it because it's 10 cents. If we can't use that 10 cents, whatever. Oh, you threw a can on the floor. You broke it. Oh, well, it's 10 cents. We don't have to sweep it up. It's not glass. So it's a brilliant mindset. I absolutely love it because it's so easy to work with. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of cans. So what, then, is your take? Because this is a brewery that has a couple beers with some funky names, um, Maneater, Give me the brute. We've talked about like backwood bastards. There's some interesting names out there. Um, slasm, things like that. Slasm. Slasm smells like a safety meeting. No one picked that one up. Um, <laughs> what is your take on names? Like, how important is it to the liquid? Um, you you are you're obviously on the brewery side now. How much? I mean, a lot of time goes into it, but how? Ser- I mean, I know they take it seriously, but how much of a headache is it to name a beer? Um. So what's that's a funny question because we are in this this society right now where there's so many breweries across the US that they they come up with a beer and they come up with this fantastic name and don't realize that there's a brewery in Texas or or Vermont or California that's got a beer with that same exact name. Mm-hmm. And so every single brewery is trying to be as creative as absolutely possible. So I actually just, I, it was between, I just saw that. I can't remember what the breweries were, but it was wheezing the juice and someone had a wheeze the juice. Yeah. Yep. So it's these, these breweries are like, no, I'm going to take you to court because that's way too close to mine and all this other type of stuff. And it's, it's kind of funny actually, because all these breweries, they're they're in the same boat together. They're trying to make beer, trying to make money, they're trying to make a name for themselves. And then when that brewery comes up with a name for a beer that's too close to another brewery's name, or it's as sometimes the same as another brewery's name, they get upset. Understandable. But you gotta think, like some of these breweries, one may be just in one state and they come up with this name and it's not leaving that state. Well, as soon as they leave that state they have to come up with something else and maybe a legal term like dark horse mm. smells like a safety meeting used to be smells like weed. Yep. And as soon as they distribute to, I think Indiana or Illinois thought it was Michigan just to get out of the pub. Maybe, maybe it was even that. I think as, it was soon, that and as soon as they hit distribution, they're like, no, I can't say can't be smells like weed. Well, it does. And they're like, no, nope, can't be that. So they had to change the name of that. So, Names are they're they're huge. They're absolutely huge. And if you hit that right name, um, though I'm drinking right now, Founders Green Zebra. The label on the can is a green effing zebra. Man. <laughs> like it's it's really cool looking. And nobody else came up with a name like that. And it's just a oh, it's a watermelon goza. Why is it green zebra? Well, if you look at a watermelon, it looks like a round zebra. Brilliant. Good job, guys. You you killed it. Um, this. This man-eater, it's a cool name, but nothing on the can. I mean, it's it's a green label. So as much as a as much as a name helps sells the beer, so does the label. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing like like Blake's, they're doing a complete rebrand because you walk into a store and you see Blake's next to each other in a shelf, all look the same. So Blake's Blake's cidery, they're like, hey, we're gonna fix this. We're gonna make each can 
very different. My company and parent going through the same type of thing, and you're you're seeing these. It's, it's funny because there's also a national company called uh, <coughs> Sam Adams that is doing the exact opposite <laughs> and wants to make all their packaging look the exact same. I didn't want to bring that up, but yeah, I'll so bring it up. I, uh, I I saw some of the new Sam Adams packaging in the store, and I, I wasn't a fan. I mean, I get what they're trying to do. Oh, 100 percent. But it's not different enough. I mean, you look at your seasonals and your cherry wheat and Boston Lager. The only difference when you're looking at the front is a small strip of color. And if somebody's in a hurry, they're going to grab the wrong beer. They're going to be upset. And they're going to Boston Lager's red and cherry wheat's or Boston Lager's maroon, cherry wheat's red. You can't mm-hmm. tell that difference for too, mm-hmm. too fast. Exactly. So, I mean, as, as much as a name is important when you're when you're coming out with a beer or when you have an, an established beer, the the label I think is even more important. So, one one brewery I think that did a great job when they were in their heyday here in Michigan was Latitude Forty Two. Mm-hmm. They had a uh, they hired a tattoo artist um, to make their labels. And he made some killer labels. They were awesome. And you walk through the store, and on one hand they were really busy, didn't really know what was going on, but on the other hand you stopped and you looked at it and like, man, that's that's cool. I don't really know what beer it is, but that's cool. So it stuck out. So it's tough. I mean, with here at Michigan, we get a tough job. There's 300 plus breweries fighting the same shelf space here in Michigan from the sales perspective. And how are these breweries going to stand out in the shelves and get mm-hmm. picked up? You have to find both. You can't just stand out. You can't just be there either. You have to stand out and be like, Yep, I'm going to grab that because of the artwork. I'm going to grab that because of the label. I'm going to grab it because I know what it is. So it's a it's a fun job to kind of be involved with. It's really important because you spend all this time in creating good beer, which is obviously very, very important. But the, the tap handle, the name, the label, that will always sell one beer, no matter what. Someone's going to look at it and be like, Green Zebra, oh, that's a cool name. That's a cool can. I'll buy it once. Will they buy it twice? Well, that's up to your brewer that you're spending all that money on. Did he make a good good product and mm-hmm. put it out there? So that, that that's my sense. Like it's very important because it's going to get the person on the edge between two beers to go for the one that he more prefers the name of or the the label of. I shouldn't say he, they, um, he or she. she this is prefer a... the label <laughs> of, um, and then the liquid will sell the rest. At that point, if they fall in love with the liquid, they're going to buy it again. If they don't like the liquid, they're not going to buy it again. But you got, at least got to get the liquid in their mouths, and you have to do that with marketing. Yep, yep. So that's a – so my former job, um, that's a big thing that I that I ran into. Is so I dealt with a lot of bars. And my job – so on-premise with bars here in Michigan at least, that's where we get the beers to people first generally is we'll get – you'll have – 26 barrels of this beer to sell and get out to your your favorite 20 accounts that'll put it on right away and then the consumers get to try this beer and the consumers know when they go to their local independent liquor store or if lucky enough for that brewery like a Meyer or Kroger um, it sort of wraps up and they, uh, they're like yep I know that beer I'm going to drink that beer let's mm-hmm. go exactly so. exactly alrighty so moving on from beer to completely change things here, um, some big big things happened this past week in sports. In We're going to talk sports. We're talk sports for the sports. first time in a long time. Um, so, 
two teams, won a championship. Well, they each won their own championship. Yes, yes. There was two individual championships that were won this last week. And each of these teams never won a championship before. It was really cool because they both beat uh, – obviously, we're talking about uh, Toronto and St. Louis beating Boston and um, Golden State. <laughs> Mind far right there. I was going to let you struggle. Uh, I know I could tell. <laughs> Make me do it for a month. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. Like, it's just, I'm not well, I'm ragging on you all day. That's care. fine. I, I, um, I anyways, but they both beat the more superior team people thought of throughout the season. Like everyone thought Golden State was going to win, hands down. Like Toronto, eh, they might get to the finals, but they're not going to win. Um, and then Boston was one of the best teams in the NHL. I think it was a top three team at the end of the season. St. Louis was in last place on January third. Last. Place they in had, the NHL, two hundred and fifty one or two hundred fifty to one odds to yeah. win. That point. someone won a hundred grand on it. I know a few people who won hundred grand on it. Um, I don't know them. Right, I know we heard stories. Right, right. Last place, January third. They bring in a goalie who hasn't played in the NHL, and he carries them to the Stanley Cup. Yep, it's an incredible story. He's man. due for a huge payday. So, um. We we didn't really talk about a whole lot this season. We talked about a lot last season. So I know you're a huge fan of this as well as um, NHL playoffs. When they get done with a game, more oh, specifically yeah. a series, they will go out to center ice and they will shake hands. No matter who beat whose ass throughout that game, they will go out, center ice, they will shake hands and say either good luck, thank you, kick ass next round, whatever they say. Probably a lot more less family friendly terms than that too, <laughs> um, but that's awesome. That's one of my most favorite traditions in Mine sports. Too. I know you like that as well. Yeah. Um, so that's always cool to see. But anytime a Boston team goes down in this day and age, heck yeah, man! Right? Like, they won the World Series in I think it was technically November, um, the Super Bowl in February, and they. Were went away from the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so there was that like that billboard in Boston said like 110 days since last championship and the drought. Or whatever yeah, it was said and stupid. It's like oh man, that's I just depressing Boston. to hear. So I mean, kudos for Boston for being good at sports and everything. But screw you, Boston. I hope you lose everything. Like I said, I hate Boston sports. I love the city. I think it's a beautiful city. It is. It's expensive, but beautiful. It's a beautiful city, but the sports team can no. They can know. They can. <laughs> they know. can know. I was about to say something very vulgar and inappropriate. So no, you but can I know. Agree. Yeah, you can know. Write the no off. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah, it was. I mean, it was a fun series. It really was. It went down in the last game. I mean, it was. It was a riot to watch. It was. Um, it was good. I like that. I. It, I watched most. I think there were only two games I missed because they were on NBCSN, which I don't get. Um, but I, I definitely watched the majority of the games and everything. It was good. That third period of the Game 7, man, it was intense. And when St. Louis got that third goal, you could just kind of see Boston just be like, oh, crap. Yep. And they were able to get one more in there. But, dude, when it's 4-1 with under 10 minutes left, you know, it's it's over. Yep. It's You're over. Momentum's going. Adrenaline's going. Yeah. I got to say, though, I mean, Chara played with a broken jaw for, what, three games, four games? Maybe even three, more. but, yeah. <laughs> it's... They're tough, so, man. Hockey players are another breed. So dude. I was I was up north with a couple people for work, and game four, I think the NBA Finals was on TV, and uh, we were watching it because it was it was on every single TV. It's 
whatever championship at the bar. So obviously we were rooting for Toronto because Golden State can go take a long walk off a short pier. And uh, Golden State ended up winning that game. And we're sitting there thinking about it. I was like, oh, no, this can be a, this can be a good series too. Oh, wait, they have two days off. And then they're going to go play. That was Tuesday. And then they go play Thursday. No, they was not Friday. No, it was, it was Friday, wasn't it? Yeah. It was two days off, two and a half days off, essentially, then play again. Why does the NBA need so long between games in the finals? That's travel. It's a travel day. The NHL does it, too, actually. NHL takes two days. NBA takes three. No, NBA was only two. They never took three. It was Tuesday to Friday. Yeah, so that's taking Wednesday and Thursday off. Yeah. That's two days. Wednesday and Thursday. Okay. You play Friday. You, so you played on Tuesday. Yeah. You take off Wednesday to travel, Thursday to practice, and you play Friday. Okay, I you get take it. two days off. No, NHL didn't take that long. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, between the last games, there was two, two days. Look it up. But also, they're traveling from... They're Boston in the same time zone, though. Yeah, they took two days. Oh yeah, no, yes, I know. I, I take that back. You, you got the wrong, wrong side of the argument. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, <laughs> neither of them should take that long. No, one day, absolutely. Like I get it, but come on, keep this thing wrapped up and going. Absolutely. So I was watching a very <laughs> sports thing this morning where they were talking about LeBron James again already. Made me mad. We had this conversation yeah, earlier. Big old Anthony Davis trade. Yeah, so Clay Thompson's get- down. KD's gone for the season, and he doesn't, he might not even have a contract next year. So now the Lakers are the number one odds-on favorite to win the NBA championship. I think they KD have, is KD still on a player. He's got player option play, for yeah, like thirty-seven so mil. My option would be: yeah, I'm going to stay in your roster for a year, get thirty-seven million dollars, and uh, or NBA he could opt out, and someone could give him forty-eight or something like that. Yeah, who's going to give him? He just tore his. Achilles twice. Someone will give him. <laughs> someone will give it to him. Trust me. No, nah, I um, would not. But no, the Lakers now have five people under contract and one guy with a team option. <laughs> yep, and one of those guys under contract just got drafted. No, the draft hasn't happened yet. Oh, oh last year last just year. got drafted. Yeah. He's a first year player. Yeah. 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 A year ago. Not quite a year ago. Almost fifty weeks. <laughs> oh God, man. All right, on to more, <laughs> more important topics. <laughs> um, as many of you know... Oh, by the way, congrats Toronto and St. Louis. Oh, yes, That's congrats. who we were getting at. Yeah, Good job. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it goes. <laughs> it sounds like a chronic smoker, man. <laughs> you, do, you probably are. Mm-hmm. You, you got to stay I away wish somehow. I was. It would be something to excuse this. Right. Um, for those... That have obviously been listening to us for a long time. You both know Matt and I are both fathers. Um, My dad's happy belated fathers. Yeah, you too. Was it good? You celebrated your your daughter's one year. We did. We had a we had a birthday party on Father's Day, which was actually kind of cool. I enjoyed it. It It's a good time. I went golfing and beat my dad, and then played uh, in golf. Yeah. Okay. Played a little golf in the backyard with Jameson. I think he's ready for putt putt. Uh, We actually moved our swing set so there were some holes in the ground, and without even telling him what to do, he started putting the ball in there. Like, literally hitting it with the golf club into the hole. Yeah, so you get the next uh, Bryson DeChambeau. We're going uh, putt-putt, and uh, Dad's looking for a 
Backyard Green for Jameson. That'd be a good Father's Day Not present. Me. <laughs> Slash me. <laughs> Anyways, for those that have paid attention to us and then have kind of watched, if you haven't, I'll update you real quick. Um, obviously, we're both fathers. Something that we've both struggled with is changing our child's diapers uh, when we go out. <coughs> I mean, we don't have issues changing. I mean, I no. have issues sometimes changing the diaper because I have a bad gag. Having reflex, a place to do it. Yeah, yeah. And it's good to not do it like on the table. As two people that frequent bars and restaurants, we would often go out and... For our jobs, we're not alcoholics. Well, no, even if it's like you and your wife and Olivia or me, my kids, and Mel, like, you'd go out and you'd have to go change a diaper, and Absolutely. the only changing table was in the women's restroom. Yep. And I thought that was BS because I can change a table just as good, and there, there are times I take Jameson out by myself, and it's like, hey, let's go get a pizza and beer. Granted, he doesn't drink the beer. I drink the beer. But we go out, <laughs> get a pizza. Thanks for the disclaimer. Right? <laughs> Just want to make sure. Um, and then if he has to, like, gets a poopy diaper or something, what am I supposed to do? Change him on the table, change him on the bar, take him outside. Well, then it's like, oh, am I leaving, bouncing on my check? I don't know. Pampers has heard our call for this. They are having an initiative to install 5,000 changing tables in men's restrooms Across the United States and Canada, this got announced. I believe it was last, late last week, but they are going to be starting in high need locations, uh, specifically cities in Cincinnati, Dallas, and Detroit, um, in places like parks, public libraries, high traffic areas, things like that. So there are 500 or so locations that should have um, changing tables in them within the net by the end of the summer. I think this is fantastic. This just goes to prove that me going nuts about changing tables in men's restrooms isn't just me. They had John Legend behind this. Like, it's not just some random person or some goofy initiative. I mean, this is Pampers 5,000 changing tables into men's restrooms. It's not hard to, if you're a business owner, you got one in the women's, just get another one put in the guys. Like, come on. I'm calling you all out on this right now. Do it. It's the best thing you can do because when Matt and I come to your place, honestly, I've left restaurants because there has not been a changing table in the men's restroom. Like, I'll go in big, all right, I'm going to go change the diaper real fast. Nope, can't do it. All right, see ya because I got to go to my car anyways. I'm just going to get in my car and go somewhere else. Yep. So, so for kudos those of you, Pampers. For those of you looking to read this article real quick, I just shared it on their Facebook. Um, it is uh, it's awesome. It is absolutely astounding. So as many times as I try to avoid changing um, my daughter's diaper because I think it's gross, um, I still have to change her diaper at times and in public. And there's been times where I just sort of like, all right, dude, we're going to lay down the sink right here and we're going to figure this out together. And luckily it's usually not a dirty diaper, but sometimes it is. So... Um, this initiative is great, and I think it's a step in the right direction. And this is, it's not really like, it, it should be, though. Like, let's start a movement, man. Well, there why, was. Why can't, why can't you and I, like, start a movement? Let's do it. I mean, I, mean I, I know that's why this came up and why this exists. Um, but let's get behind it and keep rolling with yeah. it. Yeah. I'm game. So in 2016, uh, the Bathrooms Accessible in Every Situation uh, Babies Act uh, mandated changing tables in some but not all public bathrooms in a building. However, there's a loophole because you could just put signage to the changing table, which could still be located in the women's bathroom. So that 
Good idea, bad execution. But yeah, let's do this. Let's get behind this man. Let's start calling out places that have changing tables in the guys' restrooms. And let's put ourselves on the map. Yeah. And if you don't, we're not doing this for self-profit, but if self-profit occurs, I'm okay with that. Hey, man. (laughs) I just want clicks, baby. Yeah. (laughs) I also want baby tables, changing tables. I do. Yeah. Baby changing. I think so, too. I think it needs to What are we fighting for here? Changing tables and guys rushing. We need to come up with a quick, easy slogan so we can yell it. Uh... Yeah, give me a minute here and I'll come up with it. We'll work on it. Let's yeah. do our top six. <laughs> I'm super excited for this one. So last week, I don't know if you listened. You probably didn't. Me? Um, yep. I listened to bits and pieces multiple times. Okay. Uh, we did camping spots. Yep. Which was yeah. awesome because Kyle was a legit backpack tent camper and I have a 24-foot trailer. So, he's like a, uh, where can I find the mush- best mushrooms camper? Oh, loves it. So this week, side story about uh, oh. Kyle. I, I uh, hung out with him for one evening for a, for a beer event. He, he was saying how his family was getting sick. And I was like, "Hey man, hope you don't catch that." He goes, "No, nah, I'm alright. I've been drinking some mushroom teas." Oh, he was, was like, talking about those. I was like, what the "Hell's a mushroom tea?" He goes, "No, nah, just whatever mushrooms I find. You know, certain ones of them have um, really good qualities to help your immune system and everything." I said, "So what do you do?" So he's like, "Basically, you." Uh, like just ground up the mushroom and you just put it in a tea bag and dip it in water. I said, that's gonna taste terrible. He goes, "Oh, it's horrible, but uh, helps me feel better." <laughs> I don't, I don't think I want to drink a mushroom tea. I don't know about you. No, no, I don't. I don't know. You're not a mushroom fan, are you? I, I like morels, fried up in lots of butter, like butter, <laughs> like butter with the, t- <laughs> the side of mushroom. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, Our top this. six backyard tailgate games. Number six. My first? Sure. You haven't right. been here in a while. You can go first. All right. So my number six, I know it's low. It's very low. Um, but uh, I'm going to have to put uh, Cornhole on number six. Damn, that is low. I know. You better have some good ones, dude. You'll understand. Uh, my number six, Yardsy. Yahtzee. But with a four by four by four block, and you put them in a five gallon bucket, and you roll them out there, and you got like a clipboard, people keep a score. Yardsy, I made yep. it for my mom. It's actually really fun. So I got uh, my grandpa one year for Christmas. Got me a set of five mm-hmm. giant die. I didn't know what to do with them, so that's a good, that's yeah. a good thing to do. Yahtzee, right. Yardsy. Number five. Um. So I don't know if you ever played this game before, but there's there's a couple different variations of it, and this one's my favorite. Um, washers, yes, but it is the washer game where you have to stand on the board, and there's three holes in the board. Oh no, one, three, and five points, mm-hmm. and the board's only maybe foot and a half wide, mm-hmm. so you have to throw it in the holes, and it's it's the whole like. You have to get the exact score type of thing, and it makes it a lot more challenging than the whole like washer in the cup and washer in the board thing. Like a lot of people play. I don't know how I learned this game, but I enjoy. I think it. it's pretty common. Oh, you I like, feel you played it before. Yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah. I played both versions. I feel like that one though. You can a lot of times find that in the store. I think you can find it both in the store, but 
I definitely like don't think it's weird. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel better now. Okay. <laughs> uh, my number five, uh, I put Can Jam. I've only played a handful of times, but the few times I've played it, man, it's been a ball. Or should I say a jam? It's been a jam, man. Jam, man. Can Jam. Number four. It's been a long, long time since I played, but I love croquet. Oh, that's a good one. Croquet is a blast. The thing that made me mad is when you didn't get it through one of the hoops, and you go back around and try to get through one of the hoops again. It just drives me crazy, but I love croquet. I don't know. So whenever I played, we just sort of put the hoops in random places. Mm-hmm. I don't know like certain maps you're supposed to put it in, but we never Probably. did. Yeah, I love croquet. Oh, I forgot one. Oh, I should have put bocce ball on my list. Oh, you're spoiling everything. Gosh. I seriously, I was like, going through like games at like, my grandma's cottage. That they stole around probably 10, but it was like lawn darts. But it wasn't the, the lawn darts you play with now that are basically like bean bags. No, it was real. It was lawn like darts. a legit spear you're chucking through the air and like yeah, those, me my cousin are seven year old just throwing them at Those are uh those are illegal. That was safe. Uh my number four. Alright, that's what we're on for. Good old fashioned horseshoes. I just love me a game of horseshoes. I think I get it from my grandpa because he's always down to play horseshoes, he's like eighty seven, and will still kick my ass in some horseshoes. Number three. Horseshoes. Nice. Love horseshoes. Pretty good at horseshoes. I'm not that yeah. good. I'm, I just like to play. You need to, you're need. you Polish, man. You need to get better at horseshoes. No, I don't play that often, though. I had horseshoe pits in the backyard. No. My grandpa used to have horseshoe pits in his backyard, his old house. But It's a fun game. Yeah. They're very fun. Uh, Polish golf. Yes. Ladder ball, basically yeah. the same thing. That uh, that was this close to making my list. For those yeah. of you not watching live on Facebook, pull my fingers about an inch and a half apart. This an inch and a half for making my list. You know what else is an inch and a half? Not the water I had in my basement. I don't. Shana does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sound like... Like what number? Oh, do I hit Pugsley the number from Hannah Barbera? Do I, I, I hit the number two button yet? You we just do, yeah, did, yeah, we did that. Okay. No, you didn't. We didn't hit. Number two. Gotcha. <laughs> so my number two is bocce ball. I love bocce ball. See, so throw a little white ball out there, and you throw it. Oh, Mel is looking to get messed up today. She <laughs> took five ciders and a bottle of wine upstairs. Is that? Uh, that's actually. Uh, Damson Plum Cider from Tandem Ciders. A what in plum? Damson. It's a type of plum. A Damson Plum. Okay. Outstanding. So Mel's going to go drink all the cider tonight. Um, so yeah, bocce ball. <laughs> uh, it's it's cool. So growing up, we played like across the very, like, like traditionally we play like a little sand pit oh, type yeah. of thing. We grew up like, I'm sure you did the same way, like throw it across a giant yard. Like, oh yeah. Exactly. This little white ball as far as I can. <laughs> yep. But that heavy ball. You have to throw it underhand. Make sure you get close to it, you know? <laughs> no, no it's, I love bocce ball. That's funny. Uh, my number two is actually washers, and it's the opposite version that you play. It's the, the, the box. The box. The, yeah. yeah. And I think part of that is the portability. Like We literally played it in our apartments. Like, in college, we would just set it up in the hallway and throw it back and forth. Yeah. Um, dented up a lot of walls. 
But my grandpa, again, <laughs> this goes back to a good old poncho. Uh, he's the same way, though. He That's one of his favorite games. So whenever he's around, if we don't have a horseshoe pit, we're playing washers. Number one. It's a new game. Can Jam. Hands down, my favorite backyard game. I knew you were going to say that. I'm really good at throwing a Frisbee lately. I love Can Jam. And usually there's like this period between beers where I'm exceptional at that game. But if I have like one or two more beers, I'm terrible at that game. If I have one or two less, I'm terrible. Love Can Jam. It's so much fun to play. It's an easy game. It's quick. And it's anybody can play it. If you can throw a Frisbee, you can play Can Jam. So one that didn't make my list because it's borderline a backyard game slash water game. So I played it in both. I didn't know what the classified is. Was Beersby? Ever play Beersby? Yeah, I've never played in the water, though. Oh, in the water is fun because, you know, there's the whole not falling down when you're trying to catch a can of beer right. thing. So Beersby, when you set the can on top of a... a, a, a pole? Basically, yeah, like a pole or a PVC pipe. And you hit it with a Frisbee. A lot trickier, but a ton of fun. I don't mind it. It's not my favorite game. Yeah, that's why I didn't make my but top six. Make, yeah. It was a seven or eight. Yeah. My number one, cornhole bags, whatever you want to call it. Um, been playing that for years. I think it's my favorite because I believe it's one of Mel's favorites as well. So it's something we can Aww. both agree on. And we're actually both really good. So we're, if we're on each other's team, then basically no one wins except us. So I uh, recently came across professional cornhole. And the professional bags, there's a side of these bags that stick to the board. Yeah. The side that slides on the board. Apparently, yeah, I heard that too. It's wild. Like yeah. the guys that do like the, the whole like flop thing in mm-hmm. our, our experimental leagues, if you want to call that, wouldn't work there because like you have to throw it like a, almost a frisbee. So it like either sticks or slides in the minute, depending on what you want to do. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. All right. Question of the podcast results. I looked this up uh, before you showed up, actually. Uh, and I saw the percentages, and I was like, yeah, I'm not counting that. <laughs> so I thought between Ocean and Lake it would be I, – I figured Lake would win, but I did not – I thought Ocean would put up a fight. But being in Michigan, I think we had like two votes for Ocean. So it was 99% Lake. Yeah, which so this might be awesome. our most lopsided ever. Um. So I was uh, 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 dinner supper. <laughs> that was pretty lopsided. Nah, too. <laughs> I think this is more lopsided than that because my entire family agreed with me. <laughs> right. So go vote, please go vote. So I was up uh, up in Traverse City. Um, Tuesday, Monday, last Monday, and we, yeah, week from a day. So anyway, I was up there and we were. I was at one of the bars, not being able to talk to the person sitting next to me. So I was doing a lot of listening, and she was from Hawaii. And uh, she flew from Hawaii to California, from California to Chicago, and then drove from Chicago up to Traverse City, Michigan. So once she got to Traverse City, she was feeling like super like kind of homesick, she said, and then walked to Lake Michigan. And she's like, oh, my God, this is like a huge body of water. Like it's it's not the ocean, but it's the closest thing I can find in Midwestern United States. Mm -hmm. And like seeing Lake Michigan made her feel in a way at home again, because she's just experienced a large body of water again. That's cool. Like 
our lakes up here are it's it's unreal. I mean, we have we have the most shoreline than any other state in the entire U.S. Mm-hmm. except for Alaska, and it's it's such a cool thing having all these lakes up here. And I, I knew lakes was going to win this, but it was still a cool thing oh, to yeah. throw out there. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong; like salt life, ocean life, at school and everything, you get get to catch really cool fish and whatnot, but. I'm a lake I, man. No, me too. I, I'm the same way. Like, I'm not a big ocean fan. Someone actually put out our thing. It was like one of the first people that responded was Lauren. She was like, "Yeah, uh, sharks. Yeah, nope, no sharks in lakes. So I'm gonna do lakes." Yeah, close thing. Yeah, it's sturgeon. They're not gonna eat you, right? They might knock you out. Oh, they will kill you. They won't eat you. <laughs> Good to know. Awesome. Lake. Subscribe. What? Lake. Lake. Just yeah. saying, lake. Subscribe. Rate. Listen. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, give us a review or read it on air. Especially on a lake. Especially on a lake. We're not going to read it on a lake, but I hope you're on a lake. Shout, give us a shout out. MattMuseGmail.com. Facebook, Instagram, MattMuse.com. We'll be back next week. Matt will be here? I will be here. Pete Rose belongs in the Hall of Fame. See ya. I'll believe it when I see it. God, that's over.